Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast. Pull up a chair and kick up your feet as you get ready to enjoy some of the industry's most entertaining and actionable Dynasty content on the planet. We're talking veterans, rookies, sleepers, and oh yeah, you know the crew has those dad jokes ready for you. So let's not wait any longer and bring on the host or some combination of Doug, James, and Tyler. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. I'm back. I took a week off last week, but I'm back with James, Tyler. We've got a special guest who I'll intro momentarily. But first, I want to talk to you about Fantasy Points, our sponsor today. Uh, they're awesome. So right now, you can use code DHH22 and get 10% off a Fantasy Points subscription. 90% of subscribers made the playoffs in 2020 and 2021. So what that tells me is in 2022... 90% of the subscribers are going to make the playoffs again. It's the lowest price in the ind- industry. They have an analytic-powered draft tool, a DFS optimizer. DFS becoming more and more popular as it's becoming more mainstream, so you can go on there as well. Uh, it's awesome. So make sure you check out fantasypoints.com. Again, code DHH22. And hopefully you're watching this right now live on YouTube. So make sure you like and subscribe. Drop a like, as the kids say. I watch a lot of YouTube because I have a nine-year-old. Um, so that's what yeah, that's the reason. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for he's a big sure. fan. Of, he's a big fan of the song Banana Phone. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Our the guess. most popular YouTube video of all time is Baby Shark, right? That's got like eight bajillion views. Our guest, our guest definitely has no idea because he has no kids. He just, yeah, he just mentioned, yeah. so he's probably saying, he's like, these are all he's, fake songs. He's literally <laughs> a man on an island. So what we're going to talk about today is the 2022 rookie running back class. So we're going to do that with our special guest. We have Tyler and James. They're always here. So they're not, they're I mean, special. they're not as special as, as, they're special in a different way. Define they're not as special, special. as our, our guest today, which is the one Alfredo Brown, former college scout for FIU. He's got dynasty content at Football Guys. He's host at the Pretend GM podcast. And you can follow him at Alfredo Brown GM on Twitter. Alfredo, what's going on, my man? Uh, this is awesome. I'm excited to be with you guys. I mean, we we had our, our Easter Sunday, it's just nonsense shenanigans. And like you said, I have no kids. So today was really awesome. I just got to sit back and watch all the parents run around Memories. chasing their kids. They were they were out at the pool and like had one kid jumping on the other kid. And like, what was the first rule of the pool? And I'm just sitting here with my drink. Like, this is just a That's fantastic Sunday. Every oh, the day good old days. of that'll the be week. That'll <laughs> be over draft weekend when I'm not home. <laughs> so that'll be it's so close. I know it is very, very close. I dread wow. Easter. I dread family holidays because it is just frenzy of little kids running around. It's loud. It's also because annoying. you owe Jesus Monday money and he came back wanting his money back. That's well, I'm, Jesus the only thing like, I'm happy about is man. that I get to sit down and have a couple scotches and, you know, maybe watch. I watched the Yankees today get their asses whooped. So, uh, yeah, that's I mean, it was it was a good day. I did get to watch most of the Celtics game. They won by a point. So I was happy about that. Also, I feel really overwhelmed with I'm guessing Alfredo is Italian. I mean, he's not. No, he's got Why, Alfredo. Like freaking Alfredo Why, because Italian? Alfredo. No. Oh, my God. I don't know if I should be like offended <laughs> or like complimented or I don't even, you I don't know, even know what to do. We've made some analyst <laughs> analytic mistakes before, and this one will go down in that. Hey, James, book. your last name is Crease. Uh, do you have an iron? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Zing. Well, I mean, <laughs> thanks. I'm Tim. not. I'm not profiling, but <laughs> apparently not. I, I think mean... now Alfredo needs to tell everyone what his nationality is because now Tyler, like you know, thought he was Italian. <laughs> he was Alfredo. So actually, living in South Florida, I mean Miami. You can guess it. I'm half Cuban, and then my dad's like the whitest dude in the world from Connecticut. So pretty, pretty good mix. New England. He's a good. He's a good person. Cuban Connecticut. Very yeah, nice. exactly. Cubanetiquet or. Cu- I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to. I don't know. Yeah. So, I've never. I've never tried to mesh together. Yeah, Connect I would the <laughs> I don't know. We do worse. have. It's been yeah. a slow week. Uh, I, I almost. I almost put out a tweet earlier this week with the the guy standing there with the stick with the NFL like do something because it's been quiet compared to all the crazy stuff we've been through um, over the last couple of months. But we do have some news. There's been some quarterback news here in the NFL. Uh, Derek Carr signed a three-year, $121.5 million extension. So now he's linked with his boy, Devontae Adams. Supposedly, they live next to each other. They obviously went to college together. All the shower narratives for Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. They get ice cream together. Yeah, I think they probably they play hopscotch and 
you know, do all those things together too. But he is there for three years, 120 million. So he is a 40 million dollar a year quarterback, and he's got the best eyeliner in the industry um, for Derek Carr. <laughs> So the Raiders are committing to Carr, which, you know what? I think Derek Carr is, in fantasy circles, uh, he's forever underrated. I think he's, like, the most solid QB2 ever in, like, Superflex leagues. Tyler, what did you think when you saw this uh, commitment to Derek Carr long-term? This had to make you feel make you feel pretty good about guys like Waller and Adams going forward, that they're, they're going to have some consistency there, right? Yeah, I just think all things stay you don't really have to worry about car going anywhere i think for a while there the the big worry with car car is not going anywhere because it's broken down right that well i mean that's what we were thinking i'm just trying to get traded car could get traded to stop only i can (laughs) um car could get traded car could be supplanted by rookie there a lot of things were going on like two three years ago and so now you kind of solidify he's staying he's here He's going to be the guy for the next three or four years. So in super flex leagues, if you have him, you feel comfortable. Like that's what he is. He's comfort. He's, he's a nice pillow. He's not the most comfortable pillow, but you know what? He's going to get you through the night and you've got that main pillow. That's a nice, cool one. That's your quarterback. One cars, the pillow that, that helps support a little bit. I like that. He's, he's a supporting pillow. That's a yes. beautiful way to put it. Uh, you come here for pillow metaphors. As seen on TV or, or bed, bath, and beyond. Ooh, bed, bath. Let's give him bed, bath. All right. The as seen on TV is like you're, you know, a little bit further down the down Your the miracle road. pillow, your bamboo pillow. Yeah. My pillow up here in Minnesota. Yeah, I think we can all agree uh, on what Tyler said about Derek Carr. So let's get into Kyler Murray. Probably my one of my least favorite people to talk about. Um <laughs> he's he's approaching Aaron Rodgers level of players I don't like to talk about just because I don't I don't know they just they annoy me uh, but his agent pulled the contract proposal he's on the last year of his rookie deal worth five and a half million the Cardinals say they're not trading um, Kyler Murray whatsoever we'll see. Alfredo do you think this may have opened a window for you to potentially buy low on Kyler Murray with the uncertainty in the future although we almost never see franchise quarterbacks move on after their rookie year. They always usually get locked up in a deal. So where we are right now, do you see a a buying window possibly for Kyler or is it just kind of business as usual? I mean, you can, I guess, if if you really have that conviction in him, but it's to me, it's less about Kyler and more about like what's around him. You've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's getting older and older. Uh, Rondale Moore, who we have no idea what his role is going to be. They brought back in 65 year old AJ Green. So it's like, (laughs) okay. And then they they put young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, and then like they they committed all this money to to James Conner, which I thought was interesting, c- considering how everyone was successful in that running game last year. So, uh, man, if you're if you're investing or buying low in Kyler, it's because you just really really believe in the talent. But even me and I like him as a fantasy asset. I just it's hard for me to buy into that because I'm I don't know where Arizona's going. If they have another poor year where they can't really win a whole lot. I mean, Kingsbury's gone, and then what, what happens? They start to clean house, and there's just so much going on around him. It's just, it, it makes me uncomfortable. I agree, Alfredo. I, I think the the Cardinals have this line of crap starting to build up, and we're just waiting for it to explode everywhere. And if Kyler doesn't get a deal done, it <laughs> may like be Tyler the start of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's Tyler on, t- on Taco hey, Tuesday. Too much but, food. How do you explain the Arizona Cardinals? Well, you know, Tyler goes to Chipotle on Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Cliff Kingsbury, the fake genius is uh, on thin ice. So, also, I, I feel like the Baker thing is causing a little tension because Cliff knows Baker. We all know that. And, you know, they, they could work well together. They could pay Baker 18 mil and for a year and see what they got or pay Kyler 40 plus a, a year and maybe he keeps getting hurt. Maybe that's not what they want to do. So I, I honestly think that could be an issue as well because maybe the Cardinals are like, hey, we could save some money here and just go with Baker. And, you know, we could maybe play a little defense. Cliff can work his fake magician style offense and and we could roll from here. But it's it's interesting. I don't think any three of us are really big on how Kyler approaches things. His immaturity it's, level is just ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, we said it in in season this year. We're starting to realize, like, every time he gets hit, he just lays on the ground. He points well, at everybody first, else. His first eight or nine weeks are great for fantasy, and then like the back half always ends up being kind of a clunker. 
He's not winning yeah. leagues for you. Let's put it that way. It's yes. Yeah. And um, and if it if it was me, I would. I I mean, I don't think you can really buy because whoever has them is looking to sell. I feel everywhere I've been, they're looking to sell, but they still want Kyler Price, mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to pay that. So that's where yeah. I'm at. That's a good point. Other QB news real quick. We don't need to talk much about it because it's about Geno Smith. But he did stay with Seattle for a one-year, $4 million deal worth up to $7 million in incentives, which is insane to me, but whatever. Uh, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll said that Drew Locke's propensity for turnovers doesn't fit with us. So Geno Smith, uh, definitely a super flex freebie until they make a move, whether it's via the draft or they trade for Baker. Um, So if you've got off-season waivers and Geno's available in super flex leagues, yeah. I mean, if you got a, a spot on the end of the bench, Go ahead and pick them up. You never know what's going to happen. All right, let's get into wide receivers. We had some some oldies but goodies signed this week. Oh, I know you're all excited about A.J. Green re-signing with the Cardinals for a one-year deal for an undisclosed amount. I can't imagine it was for a lot. I actually no. thought A.J. Green was better than I thought he was going to be last year with the Cardinals. He wasn't completely dead like we thought he was. Um, he was still bi-week startable, I guess. Sure. Uh, and then Sammy Watkins... Signs a one-year deal up to $4 million with the Green Bay Packers. So they've completely addressed their wide receiver position. There's no reason to draft one or two now. I mean, Watkins is it, right? Like the former is he number back four. up in the top 12 receiver for Dynasty? That's oh, all for I'm sure. asking. I mean, Only got, for week one. He's got the draft week capital. 16. He's got the yeah. athleticism. No, I'm not going to go through that. Uh, Sammy Watkins is, for, for all essential reasons, kind of toast. He was with Baltimore last year. We all wanted him to be great in Kansas City. He was good in the playoffs for them. Um, but Sammy's just, this doesn't move the needle. He might not even make the roster, let's be honest. Uh, Alfredo, give me any commentary you might have about Dusty A.J. Green and a former star in the making that never really exploded in Sammy Watkins. So really quick, A.J. Green, I, I mean, you kind of you kind of said it as best as you could. Like maybe you start him when you have a lot of receivers on by, but kind of be a really juicy matchup and then maybe an injury to DeAndre Hopkins. And that's assuming that Arizona is not going to go out and draft someone. Like if they have a Traylon Burks or someone sitting there for them when they get to their pick in the first round, I, it's kind of kind of weird to think that, they, that Kingsbury might not go after one of those players. And then uh, Sammy Watkins, he's been toast for years, man. Like start him week one because he's great in week one. And that's when he usually pops off. And then after that, just it's where else he can't go anywhere else that we would have any kind of faith is like you mentioned Casey Baltimore he's been Los Angeles it just it doesn't matter anymore yeah exactly all right so now we're going to get to the core of why we're here but before we do I want to make sure you know about trophy smack now if you're in the fantasy industry you play fantasy sports you need a trophy this is the one place that you have to go you go to trophy smack they were featured on shark tank mark cuban has backed them they are an awesome organization you can get trophies for football hockey basketball baseball soccer completely customizable they have the right trophy for you if you use code dhh ring and get a free 60 dollars championship ring with your purchase of a trophy or a belt they also have stuff for the losers of the league because we don't want to forget those bums that came in last place maybe they tanked They've got the toilet bowls. You name it. You can go on trophysmack.com and find it. And when you do that, again, it's DHH ring to get that free ring at checkout. All right. So let's get into rookie running backs. Now, Alfredo, you you are here to bring your expertise in this area when we, we're talking about scouting and we're talking about rookies. So let's just go. We're going to go one to five, and we'll go in that order. So, Alfredo, who is your running back one in this class? I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. Yeah, and I don't think you guys are going to like it. Yeah, my my running back one in this class is Kenneth Walker the third, and and I think I know that ruffles a lot of feathers. It's when me, I too. Say it. me too. Okay, buddy. okay, it's all right. okay. Cool, man. Because it's just I know that ruffles a lot of feathers, and um, you know, a lot of analytics people get kind of up in arms when I when I talk about Kenneth Walker because he didn't have all the receiving work over at Michigan State, but I mean the guy was just so stinking good. Like it's just. It's hard not to have him at running back one. He's he's the best pure runner in the class. And I think it's weird that so many people say that he's such a good runner and the best runner and then not have him as the top running back. It's like if you have a wide receiver who's got the best hands and he's the best route runner, would that not be your best wide receiver? So I just I find it weird that we're looking at the most basic part of what a running back does and what gets them on the field. And we're saying he's the best at it. 
but he's not going to be our number one because he doesn't do the other ancillary things. It's not like he doesn't have hands. Like he doesn't walk out there with nubs. Like my, my dude can catch. Uh, he, he just wasn't part of the you Michigan. You just offended Kenny Pickett right there. I'm Thank so you. sorry. Yeah, Kenny, maybe hands Pickett. My no bad. hands. My bad. Yeah, but it's, my strong hand. <laughs> it's not. It's not like he can't do it, right? Like you even go back to high school and like he was one of those pass catching backs. That was his role. He ended up in Wake Forest where they don't even know how to use running backs at all. They have another running back who's transferring away now a couple of years later. And then he goes to Michigan State where even self-admittedly their head coach says, yeah, we don't really pass the running backs. So it's not like he can't do it. We saw him in the combine. He looks really smooth. Mm-hmm. To me, he's got the best talent despite maybe not having all the best numbers. Yeah, I think the thing about running backs that don't catch in college, I mean, we saw what Jonathan Taylor can do in the NFL. And I'll give you a perfect one. He caught like single digit passes in his career, but his looks good in the NFL. It's A.J. Dillon. Like, I think A.J. Dillon was like, oh, stone hands. He can't catch the ball. And he's actually caught the ball really well for Green Bay. So just because they don't do it in college, again, it's not like they're running around, <laughs> running well, around and they can't do it. Like, And, and you know crazy. what? Another one, Doug, actually, when I was looking at this, Kareem Hunt, the first three years for him at yeah. Toledo, he was getting like 13 catches, 12 catches, 15 catches. And then all of a sudden he popped off in his final year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, we're playing a lot of what ifs, right? But had sure. Kenneth Walker been there another year or been at another college where they really needed to use a running back in that way? who's to say he can't do that and now and now Kareem Hunt is almost solely seen as a PPR style back so I just think there's it's it's not a, it's not a skill set that he lacks or a skill set that isn't easy that won't be easy for him to bring to the next level yeah so Tyler you also have Kenneth Walker at number one yeah. James I think you're, you're going the I'm you're probably going to cover Alfredo's number two because it's for me it's a consensus top two outside of that it gets a it can start to get a little bit more um diversified and a little more wild um but I assume James, James and I, we both have Brees Hall as number one. Um, yes, correct. Yeah, so we can go into that. So Alfredo, why don't you go right into um, to Brees Hall right after Kenneth Walker and and kind of the reasons why um, you know you're you've got Hall a little bit below. Yeah, so I mean, there's just like a few things that it's not like it's not like I have him really low where I think he's a bad running back. I just think that he has a few more things that I want to see him improve on. Uh, one of the things that I noticed when watching his film is he loses sight of the offensive line in front of him. So what he likes to do is he he doesn't fumble a whole lot, but like he 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 looks the ball in as it's coming into him, as opposed to trusting that the ball is going to hit him there in the numbers. And he kind of looks down at it and he misses the defenders that are coming towards him at the front. And you'll notice that in the backfield, he spins a lot before the before the defender gets there to try to make them miss. And I mean, obviously, what's happening is when you spin like that, you lose sight of where you're going, and it becomes really hard. So it ends up becoming a thing where he's playing a lot of playground football sometimes. And it just, it kind of works for him when he's out on the ends and he's running some zone run concepts and he can get some space, but you know, trying to just run up the middle, follow your blocks and be in just a kind of a man gap scheme. He seems to struggle with that a little bit. And, you know, I, I think I th- it's not something that can't be corrected. The other thing is, at least in my opinion, he looked very different at the combine. He looked lean. He looked like he cut down a lot. Like when I watched him on film, he almost kind of looked like Mike Davis a little bit to me. Didn't seem like he was as fast as he ran at the combine, but it seems like he like dropped about like 10 pounds, got, you know, really perfected that track, that track stance, that track speed. Um, and I just, I don't know. And this is kind of like, you know, it's trusting the eyes, but I just don't know that what we saw at the combine is a clear indication of the player we saw on field, uh, you know, being this four, three speed. I guy. was surprised at that, at that, um, at that four, three, because again, I saw the same thing. I thought he looked bigger and thicker in college. So it's going to be interesting if he leaned down to run a faster time, does he in turn add a little bit more weight to get NFL ready? And, you know, that's an interesting could happen we've seen players do that before they get lean so they can run faster and then they and then they bulk back up um so that'll be interesting to see um like where, where he gets drafted first of all and then to see like his measurements like in the rookie mini camps and stuff like that to see if he he gained that weight back because that's something that i remember dalvin cook doing he got a little bit slimmer and then he put on a little bit of weight um after the combine is, is that right tyler i think dalvin did that yeah delvin i thought was gonna weigh in a little smaller but yeah, he he bulked up, I felt, a little bit mm-hmm. because in college, he kind of looked like that quick jitterbug style, kind of like his brother. But I mean, he's been playing at 210, mm-hmm. 212-ish for his whole career. So I think he just he really put in work right yeah. before the combine. And that could be with Brees. Uh, my issue with Brees is what you said. It, it seemed like he was getting away with things in the backfield, like the spin moves. You can get away with that in the Big 12. But when you're playing in the professional level, it's going to be different. 
Uh, Kenneth, going back to Kenneth Walker, I thought he's the best peer runner. Big 10. I mean, they're expecting run. It's run and defense in the Big Ten. And when you're doing that, when they're expecting run all the time, that opens my eyes. Like when you're able to do what he did when everybody's expecting it, I'm I'm all about that. And I his tape is fun to watch. Kenneth yeah. Walker's tape. It's, and you it's love electric. Kenny Walker's swagger too. That dude is just yeah. he has got a mean streak, which you love to see. Um I love players like Adebo last year, right? We started think... to really see him play aggressively, um, which is a lot of fun. I think Kenneth Walker took like two deep breaths in the whole combine because he was just really pushing through everything, but it was fun. Yeah. Lots of effort guy. So James, any commentary on Walker or hall before we move to the number three? I I think these two guys are, are definitive one and two. You can flip them over. It doesn't matter like which way they go. If you like one over the other, I know Tyler and I went at it. Um, this week over and over, like we, like we like to, we bicker like a uh, husband and wife. Sometimes you, you just know, say you like Brees Hall and I like Kenneth Walker. <clears throat> right. And I don't hate Kenneth Walker. If he happens to fall at me, fall to me in a, in a, in a rookie draft, I'm yeah. not disappointed. All right. Nope. And I'm, and I'm hoping they both land at, at usable landing spots that they, they can kick off their, their careers early. I don't want to see them sit and wait and rust on the bench. Yeah, Alfredo, where would you like to see uh, Walker and Hall ideally land based oh. on skill set and opportunity? Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot of great places. And it I really know isn't. that I know that we've talked about like, a lot of people have said Houston. And it's like, is that really the best landing spot for them? Or is there just not anyone there from an opportunity uh, standpoint? Uh, sure. Hey. Yeah, Don't Marlon Mack like that. How dare yeah. you? Oh, Rex Burkhead, he just got extended. <laughs> right, and you know, and, and, isn't David Johnson still there? Like, not no, I think no. He's a free no. Okay, I made that this mistake is, too. Don't worry. This is oh, podcast. Okay. I think four. We've had to bring up David Johnson. Okay, that is four too many. Cool. We no. How the good no. old days, David Johnson. Uh, I mean, one Ooh. of the places that I'd really like for these guys is Atlanta. It just it seems like a really good spot, especially with Arthur Smith. And not saying that he made Derrick Henry, but he's a guy that seems to know how to use running backs, regardless of their size, their skill set. I mean, he made Cordero Patterson work last year. And so I, he I, he doesn't seem like he's going to be the long term answer there. He seems to really have carved out a role as the receiving back there. So. I mean, maybe that is a good spot for a guy like Kenneth Walker if you do have receiving concerns, you know, and you kind of let these guys be the 1A and 1B, work it out, and, you know, see how they, they kind of come up. But I think I think that could be a good spot for any so, one of these guys. I do want to go with the Atlanta thing. So they traded back to with, with Denver. They could have taken Javante Williams, and they could have hit. But they traded back. They took Richie Grant, the safety, with their next pick, and he played poorly. In my opinion, if Atlanta has a chance to take any of these running backs in the second round, they are going to smash the button. Like they realized they made a mistake with Javante. I realized they made a mistake with Javante right when they had the chance. I was very upset. But in my opinion, Kenneth Walker fits perfect with what this team needs. He can be the first and second town running back like a Nick Chubb, which is kind of the role we envision him playing. And then, you know, Patterson might give up a few catching plays to Kenneth Walker later on the season, then we'll see a true bell call bell cow back roll. And then next season, you know, they'll, they'll have Ridley back probably unless they trade him, and then probably a new quarterback. This offense will grow, but yeah, I agree. I think Atlanta won't make the same mistake again and, and miss out on these running backs. Yeah. It's going to be uh, an intriguing story to watch. I think this running back class is actually like sneaky deep. There's a lot of good players. It's just going to be interesting to see what the draft capital goes with, uh, will we see Brees Hall picked in the first round or is it going to wait until the second? Like all sorts of interesting stuff. So Alfredo, we've we've covered running back one and two. We've got Walker and Hall. Who's going to be number three on your list? Because this this is start where it starts to be like all over the map for a lot of people in rankings I've seen so far this offseason. Yeah, it is. And I but I don't understand why. For me, it's still Isaiah Spiller. Uh, I mean, all, all he did was kind of run the 40 we expected. I don't think anyone was expecting him to go out there and run a 4-4. I don't think that anyone was expecting anything all that different. So for me, Isaiah Spiller is still my number three running back. Uh, I mean, he's he has this, a very similar skill set to Brees Hall. He's just obviously not as athletic from what we saw at his pro day and everything that he's done. The thing is, is, is he's he never really broke out as like the major runner, but he was consistent through his three years. Um, 
despite being kind of big, he doesn't always play as physical as, as he should. He doesn't really have the breakaway speed, but he's got some good running vision. He's got good footwork. And for me, even though it's not talked about all that much, I think he's actually one of the better pass catching backs in the draft. He might have actually have the best hands out of all these running backs in the draft. And I know that doesn't always, you know, come up in conversation with him, but I actually think that he's one of those guys that has a really good kind of three down skill set. He reminds me a lot of maybe a slower Joe Mixon or like a Le'Veon Bell, just a really patient kind of bouncy guy that can catch the ball. And I mean, at six foot one, I believe he is. He, he kind of fits that mold as well. Yeah, I like that. Tyler. What do you think oh, I'm right, I'm right there. I You're love right there. Isaiah right. Spiller and and the quick feet. His feet are so quick. Like in the yep. hole, his decisive movement. I love that about him. I think he's actually better inside the inside the line than than Brees Hall. He, he's he's got a dis, He's quicker in the in the head. Unlike me, like right now, I can't find the words. But he's he's quicker in the hole, and and he just he's a one cut and go type guy. And that's what you want to see with a guy like him. He's not going to outrun you. But man, when he gets to the second level, he can definitely uh, put his pats down and lay some hurt as well. I think the, so. Going back to the limited touches, Ray Garvin he even commented that a lot of these um, SEC schools they don't overuse their running backs right. because they promise that, like they sit here and they say you're not going to get much carries because they want you to have a longer career in the NFL. And they but also, they a lot of these teams have good depth too. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. They have a chain uh, as the second back. Oh, like God. A track star. I mean, come yeah. on. Like you <laughs> can't so not fast. use him. He's so fast, but yeah, I, I think everybody's sleeping on Spiller and he's going to become a massive value in rookie drafts. You and know, I was just going to say that cause I've seen some Twitter polls with mock drafts and I've seen Spiller started to spill oh, yeah. way down the board, and, like in the oh, late, nice. Kind of like Javante last year in Superflex. Like Javante was like 108, 109. And I'm not saying Spiller's Javante. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying he he may provide that type of value where you thought he might have been a top, you know, six or seven pick in Superflex that he might, you know, maybe he's the end of the first or the early second, depending on how this draft goes. But yeah. again, it's going to be one of those players where I'm really interested to see A, where he lands and B, what the draft capital looks like. Because I think where there are so, in my opinion, there are so many solid running backs in this draft. I think that teams aren't going to draft a lot of them in the first three rounds. So that could factor in to even more values in the, this running back class. Because oh, if, usually, they hit, if they hit the fourth round, I I might not even touch them. Like it, that's kind of where I'm I going think, back. But I like, think that's I, I think that's a mistake. Because if you look at it in years, like if there's a, a lot of good running backs in this class, it's going to push the overall class down in the real NFL draft, in my opinion. We said that about Devontae Booker as well. All right, let me jump in here. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Outside the, the top two, all of these guys are bad at something. All right, they're not elite. Uh, I'm going to stop on Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller. I wasn't impressed too much, with, especially with his combine work. Tyler, you said he has fast feet. But when it came to blocking, he really didn't have the fast feet. He couldn't keep his shoulders square. So I'm afraid for that part. Um, it depends on where he lands. And I, I don't think he's there. He's a bell cow back. I think he's a complimentary back that'll come in for pass catching work and then go off to the side. I mean, ceiling, maybe Cordell Patterson. He has that skill set of catching the ball and, and getting to the outside. But I'm I, I'm having a hard time really sinking my teeth into Spiller or any of these guys analysis later. Oh, well, you know, you never like what I say. Anyway, we're built to, I mean, he's built six, one, two twenty, And you're saying he's a Cordell Patterson. He's a pass catch. I'm not, you see, you always say that. (laughs) When I bring a player, it's in my opinion, he's more of a first and second down guy. Like that's what I see. But he's got the size for it. Yeah. I don't, I just not, I don't see it. And I'm happy that he's falling, which, which made me feel good about the fact that I had him lower than consensus pre combine. So it, it makes a little bit more sense for me. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm a little nervous about this running back class. We all get excited. We all get rookie fever. And then it's the guy, Doug, like you said, in the fourth, fifth round that gets picked. That's actually better than some of these other Elijah players. Mitchell. Yeah, I think if I think just to go back to I think Tyler was like a James Robinson. There might be a James Robinson in this class with the oh, I think there is. So with with the mindset of like, oh, if a running back's drafted in the fourth round or later, like I'm not going to touch them. Like if those running backs slip to me in rookie drafts, like I'm going to draft them because I think it's a product of 
the way that the classes being outside the top two guys being very similar with a lot of guys. So I think that's going to push them down the board. So if people are worried about draft capital, I understand that's an important metric, especially in a lot of algorithms and stuff like that. But for me personally, I'm going to look at that as not necessarily about the player. It's about the position. If Spiller is a fourth. If Spiller's a fourth or fifth round guy, I'm not taking him in the first. No, that's I wouldn't take what him I meant. The, I wouldn't take like, him in the first mid, either. Mid to no. late second. Perfect spot for him. Right. And but if that happens with a bunch of these guys, like give me all the value, like in the yeah, late second, the early third, stuff like that for sure. All right, let's get into number four. But before we do, we do have a quick uniform change from our guy, Dalvin Cook, going from number 33 to number four, his college Wait, number at FSU. That wasn't in so. the show notes. It wasn't. I just made it up. So the number four made me think of it. So Alfredo, right after Isaiah Spiller, who you got it for? So, okay. So this is kind of a weird part. Like my, I, I have my ranking set. But it's not really set in stone for me. Running backs four through like eight are yeah. all interchangeable based mm-hmm. on their landing spot and draft capital. So for right now, I kind of just went off of my film grade. And for me, it's Jerome Ford. That's who I've got there at that spot for now. It's kind of like a placeholder. Um, but for me, Jerome Ford, what I really liked is, I mean, we, we know he's an Alabama transfer, went to Cincinnati and he was great in his time at Cincinnati there. And he kind of showed that he can do a little bit of everything averaging over six yards per carry. He had a nose for the end zone, had nearly 20 touchdowns. What I love is just like, he does all of the basic simple things that you want out of a running back. He's, he's not overly shifty. He is a one cut and go runner on film. He looked a lot faster. I think a lot of people expected him to be the fastest running back at the combine. And he wasn't, and that was a little surprising for people. Uh, But for him, it's just, his feet are always driving. Uh, he's he's doesn't have all the extra frills and everything else. He just he attacks the smallest of running lanes. And one thing that I actually really like, and some NFL general managers might like, is there's not a lot of tread on the tires. I think that the only thing is just you know he runs a little bit tall at times. He's only done it for one season. You know, it's, all of these guys are going to have their warts. But for me, Jerome Ford is the guy that I think that you can kind of just plug him into an NFL offense, and you're not overly worried about a major glaring weakness with him. Okay. I like I love it. I have him marked as one of my sleepers in this draft. So, yeah. There you go. Tyler, what do you think about Jerome Ford? Yeah. I, I, usually with running backs that are in that range, I'm looking at the recruiting. And out of high school, he's a very high recruit. Like he said, an Alabama transfer. He's, he's somebody that if you are just here for like a, a 10 to 15 point with some upside, like that could be his, his ceiling. That's kind of where he's at. And and it could be uh he to me, he's a guy that's going to get drafted, be a second running back on a team, and then in case of an injury or say Take Philadelphia over. takes him and they hate every running back, it seems, on their roster, uh, uh that he could supplant Miles Sanders, kind of that type of runner as well, except what like he said, like without the the stupid stuff, the the jiggle back and forth. He's just a no nonsense type guy, you know, does the job. And I, maybe that's what Philly wants, and that'd be a good landing spot for him. I really so, yeah. want to see what running back the Chargers draft. Interesting. Yeah, that'd be a good spot for him too. Because no, Josh Jerome... Kelly, Joshua Kelly ain't it. Larry Roundtree ain't it. Uh, Justin Jackson's a free agent, and it's Eckler. So they're going to draft somebody, They'll or they're going to wait and sign a veteran. Maybe. What if they took Brees Hall in the first and just blew everybody's mind? What oh happens if gosh. they took Jerome Ford and let him play in the middle? Like run between the twenties. I don't mind I that. He's a big. He's a big back. He runs downhill. He he can still catch the ball, and he's consecutive with his amount. He can and be the new nature. When he gets into the second level, from the film I watched, he has like another gear. Man, he just kicks it, like hits yep. the clutch, and he's gone down the field. And that's what I really liked about him. He's not afraid to take a hit. He bulldozes some people and breaks through to the second level and takes off. He's going to be a a problem for some linebackers. He, he hits the NOS. Fast and it's, the, it's the NOS. I love Jerome Ford. There's, another, there's actually another running back that we will mention that I would love him to land in LA. All right. Well, when we, when we get to that running back, you make sure not to forget to mention it. I'm going to hold you accountable. Okay. All right. All right. So we got Jerome Ford at number four, four for Ford.com. No. Uh, so Alfredo, <laughs> who's rounding out the top five here for you? Okay, so here's another name that might not be as you know as widely talked about in fantasy circles, but NFL circles. For me, it's Damian Pierce out of Florida. Sorry for the letdown, uh, but I just I love what Damian Pierce brings, and 
man, he's, I think everyone has seen the, the clip of him running after his helmet pops off and the guy just runs angry. He runs aggressive. He absolutely dominated the senior bowl practices and guys like that. You know, I hate to kind of like pick up on narrative and just like, here's, here's the opinion, but narrative matters. We've seen so many senior bowl players in the past that could just rise up draft boards. And if Damian Pierce gets that good draft capital, like he, we just talked about a team like the Chargers that might want to get a running back they can put in there to complement Austin Eckler. Damian Pierce is a dude that could do that. I just, I don't know why Florida didn't use him. The Florida didn't seem to know what they were doing, and we saw that kind of last year with Kadarius Tony. But uh, Damian Pierce, he he can pass block, probably best in the in the class, maybe top two. He can catch the ball. He runs really well. I just. I, I love him. The only thing is he can just get a little overly aggressive and sometimes just go for the hit rather than finding a clean running lane. You know, you, you asked about those intangibles. Why, why didn't he get the ball more? So that's a guy that I think if he gets the high draft capital, he could actually be really valuable for fantasy. James, what do you think about Pierce? You seem to like light up a little bit there. Yeah, I, I don't mind him. I have him as my RB eight right now because there's a lot of guys, like we said, that can be interchangeable, but there's a fun fact about him. He scored Every seven times he touched the ball in his senior year, that's 13.4% of his touches because he only had 119. Like Alfredo said, they limited him. And I think they limited him because didn't they have another back? Like, I, I don't think he was the only one there. I'd hope so. Yeah. But, <laughs> and it's really not Florida's style just to feed the running back either. So I think he has the potential to impress in camp, come in as a backup, and maybe get the chance to show a little bit more in his second year, but he's definitely a guy that is on my radar. Like all these guys that are, we're talking about, if they fall to like, this is third round territory for me. I'm not leaping in the se in the early second early for, or, and, or the first round to draft one of these running backs at this point. Yeah. Maybe he stays in Florida, becomes a dolphin and Raheem Mostert gets hurt in week three and, Fire up he, the band like him. He's and definitely going to be a, a future fan. <laughs> Alfredo shaking his head. Uh... <laughs> you're talking dolphins, and you can't talk dolphins to Alfredo. Oh, uh, right. you're a dolphins fan. Yes, sir. Oh. Yes, sir. I see the Star Wars back there. I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, well, so what you, what you can't see is just like right off camera as I have a Tua Tungabailoa jersey hanging on the wall here. And then on the other side of the camera, there's a Dan Marino helmet, got nice. a Don Shula signed thing. So I got dolphins, the Ricky Williams jersey over there. It's everywhere. So each show you do, you spin your desk. And then you have a different background. What you yeah, need exactly. is an actual exactly. picture of a dolphin. And then people just are like, dolphin. oh, you're, you're oh, a dolphin. Football, no football reference. I'm yeah. just a really big fan of the, of the animal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Spinkle is Einhorn. Einhorn is Spinkle. Like with, exactly. with Pierce, uh, Bernard Pierce's brother, right, Doug? <laughs> former Ravens running back. Former Ravens running back. <laughs> you got to let our guests in on the joke, I listened, Tyler. I listened to last week's episode. Uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I was nice. I didn't say anything about Isaiah Spiller this time. So, so yeah, I I think he's going to be a fine running back. And from what I'm hearing is NFL teams love him. And we are too low as draft and, and dynasty people because I think the NFL has him in like the third round range. Awesome. Think Alexander Madison. Yeah, that's fair. I, like, I like that. Before we move on to a rookie running backs six through 10, I want to talk to you a little bit about underdog, one of our newest sponsors. So thank you, underdog. The NFL off season has you hyped and you don't want to join another startup. Well, guess what? You can go and download the download, the underdog app right now, hit pause, go download it, come back, use code DHH. You can deposit up to a hundred dollars and they'll match it right away. It's free money for something you're going to play anyway. So you got some free money to enter yourself into the rookies and sophomore drafts. If you don't do just fantasy football, cool. You can do MLB. Uh, they have NBA. You can do NFL best balls and over-under predictions for in-season, which prop bets is probably what I make the most money on. Um, so don't miss out on that deal. Once again, it's code DHH for your deposit. Up to $100 matched from Underdog. Go get it on the Play Store or the Apple iTunes Store. It's there. It's awesome. It's super, super cool. Probably the best up and coming fantasy product in my opinion is underdog. So check it out today. Use code D H H. Thank you very much. All right. So let's get on to running back six through 10. We had Damian Pierce from Florida coming at number five. Alfredo hit me with six. All right. So number my guy numbers. I mean, it's probably going to be your guy because a lot of people like him and it's Zamir white, the running back out of Georgia. Is that, is that it? Did no, I it? but I do really like him and he's the guy I would love it in LA. He's perfect. NFL circles are talking him up high. I've read this. I week, had Zamir so. at four. So fair. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, he's another one of these guys that was very highly recruited. And I mean, at this point, who doesn't love a Georgia running back? Very few of them don't do well. He's he's definitely got the skill set of a first and second down back in the league. But he's another one that he's very similar to Jerome Ford. And on tape, I was thinking Ford was going to be a lot faster than Samir White showed up to the combine. And I think that's why he's rising up so many people's boards is just how well he did at the combine and how he looked. And how, like, how he looked, man. Yeah, he was smooth with his footwork. And that's the thing yep. is you, you typically think like big guys and you expect him to be clunky and he wasn't. And like the dude's big, but he's rocked up. Like he is cut from the, from the head to the feet. And like, man, I, he, he gave up a little bit of work to James Cook, obviously. I mean, he, that's, that's another guy. guy. That's another guy who, you know, who, who's a high-end prospect. But he can definitely, and, and, and someone said it the other day, and I can't remember which show it was. It's just like you have your first three backs and then a lot of Khalil Herbert's out there. All guys who are probably going to be like the second running back on a team that when they get Just a shot, they're going to do streams. really well. And uh, so I just, I really think that this is a guy that just like Damian Pierce can get a really good, and, and Jerome Ford, he can get a shot at being an early down back in the NFL, and that can grow to a little bit more. What worries me is the pass blocking and the receiving work. There really wasn't a whole lot of it, and when he did it, it just didn't look natural. Gotcha. Yeah, Zamir White's been getting hyped up. There was, a, I think it was NBC Sports Edge had something like Zamir White is like look in NFL circles like regarded pretty highly in this running back class. So don't be surprised. I think even someone said, don't be surprised if he was the first running back off the board. And I was yeah. like, excuse me. I've Say heard that about both of the Georgia running backs, by the way, that either one of them could be first off the board. And I'm like, that's, that's just, that, nuts. that would be bonkers to me, but we've seen weirder things happen, especially this season so far. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Tyler or James, any extra dialogue on Zamir white? He's RB five for me. I would love him in the second round, early second, mid second. And I would project him as a third round NFL pick, maybe late second around that area. But in my opinion, he's coming, he's coming off after at least Brees Hall and, and Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Agreed on the draft capital. Um, he's an okay pass blocker. He needs, he may need a little bit more work to see more of uh, time on the field. But other than that, uh, he's great. He has great balance. Like we, we discussed, and he follows his blocking well, so he, he knows his routes the way they're supposed to be ran. So I think he translates well to the NFL. Yeah, I think White's a really, really solid prospect all around for the most part. So, all right, we're on number seven. Who you got? All right, so number seven, I've got Tyler Algier, the running back out of BYU. BYU, yeah. And I think that he fell down a lot of people's boards because of the way his he ran at the Tyler. combine. That's no, yeah, that's the main reason, just because his name is Tyler. We are uh, super. Is that Tyler's brother there, and Tyler. <laughs> so he must I have mean, red hair too, because his first name is Tyler. Math. Like, I Alfredo mean, he's got a red Italian mark on my draft board. Name. That's the for math sure. adds up. <laughs> but um, I, I think that I think that he fell on a lot of people's board just because of being, you know, running the four six to combine. And it's like, okay, how many successful NFL running backs have we seen still do that and still be successful at the next level? So n- once again. It's weird. I think it's just that now that there's a tangible time to put next to the name, people start to freak out. No one was looking at Tyler Algier thinking he was a 4-4 running back. Probably maybe a mid to low 4-5. He did say say this offseason he was a 4-3-8 guy. Yeah, every single (laughs) running back. I can say that. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, It's just... He, he's a guy like he was really productive. And I think that he found a lot of usage when Zach Wilson was there. And I think a lot of the questions was, you know, is he going to be able to keep doing that when Zach Wilson's gone? And he did. I mean, it ended up being a guy that was still very productive. He doesn't have all the explosiveness that you want, but I mean, the dude caught out of the backfield, he was able to pass block pretty well and he's a good zone runner. he's going to be one of those guys that he's probably going to get taken in the fourth or fifth round of the NFL draft and maybe fall to like the third round of your rookie drafts. But he's just one of those guys that I have. I have very little problem with taking him on my fantasy football team. And I don't see a whole lot of weaknesses in his game aside from just, he's not the best athlete. That's why he gets all these James Conner comps and it fits. Gotcha guys. Any uh, comments about Tyler and Tyler? Who's the, who's the, who's your, the best athlete of all time named Tyler. I need to know. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, we got Tyler Huntley, quarterback for the Ravens. Yeah, that's pretty that's good athlete. One. Trying to think of anyone like famous. <laughs> uh, me. <Yeah. laughs> Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. So, going with Tyler Algier, he's actually my Zach Moss, Trey Sermon player of the Uh-oh. year. Uh-oh. He Uh-oh. is my avoid player. 
I I watched Zach Moss and I was like, no, he he's not it. I, I don't care about analytics. I didn't see it. Trey Sermon, exact same thing. I'm like, it's like watching the same person. When I watched Tyler Algier, it was the same thing. I was like, ah, uh, like I went in hoping to like him because I I like Jamal Williams out of BYU. I liked him as a prospect, so I'm sitting here, uh, really hoping to be amazed. But I was like, yeah, there's there's nothing there for me, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, he, I'm I'm probably not going to roster him. I think the inflation in his stats that we saw in his senior year were more based on opportunity share. Like they didn't really have too much in BYU to be pushing. They leaned on him to get it done. And the addition of that with the receiving capability, I, th I think it works. He can pass block a little bit, but the guy's a bulldozer. You give it to him. He's going to knock, knock over the defensive line. He's going to run right through it. So I, I like him as a dart throw later in, in the third round, beginning of the fourth. If he's still there, yeah, of course, I'll take a shot, but I'm not jumping over uh, some other running backs in this tier that we're talking about to go out and get Tyler Algier for fantasy. All right. I have the answer for the best athlete named Tyler. It's Tyler Sagan, the hockey player. There you go. Done and done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not Tyler, Tyler Hero. Eifert, not Tyler, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Sagan's, I mean, Sagan's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Who's Who's done. got a better shot, Tyler Hero or Tyler Gunther? It's probably me, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. We'll have another podcast. John Taylor, Tyler. No, Taylor. Now you're going last name. Yeah. yeah or no, middle name, whatever it is. Yeah. Bonnie Tyler, total eclipse of the heart. Son in the name. Live Tyler. Right, we're, we're on number eight after Tyler Algier coming in at number seven. Alfredo, who's the Ocho on your list? All right. So once again, like I'm telling you, four through eight are all guys that can Log be jam. all interchangeable. Yeah. And yeah. this one for me, it's it's the guy that I think a lot of people are sour on as well, and I'm not overly fond of him, but it's Brian Robinson out of Alabama. And it's all these guys, all these guys kind of fit the same mold. They're all first and second down guys, big body dudes that can go in there and carry. I don't want to say carry the load because they're not necessarily three down guys, but they all have that ability to work in the goal line area. Uh, for me, the thing is, is that, you know, Robinson, he's never really super explosive. Uh, he's okay between the tackles. He kind of, struggles to he struggles to make guys miss but he's going to do exactly what you want him to do if you need him to go out there and get three and a half four yards then cool uh and and that's it's it sounds very just kind of uh ham and cheese sandwich but that's that's brian robinson man he's just kind of he's just kind of plain great yeah, sure sure some the nfl bread. needs some ham and cheese yeah. <laughs> that's a while. And, and that's that's why i kind of have him here because i think that there are going to be a lot of nfl teams that look at that and say okay we don't need necessarily the guy with all like the frills and everything else we need a guy who played in the sec who played at a top school who, who has the size and that's the thing is that a lot of these nfl gms they look at the traits and they kind of say like okay this guy has all the ingredients that we need to make a good meal out of this and brian robinson has that he's just not necessarily super flashy. And I think there's going to be teams that could look at him and say, okay, we can kind of make this work for an early down roll. So yeah, similar to like a Damian Harris kind of thing. And we see a lot of NFL teams going in that direction with supplemental back situations where they have interchangeable backs coming in on, on certain setups and certain scenarios. So I, I think, you know, he's got the, the college, behind him he waited his turn uh behind Najee Harris behind Damien Harris I, I think that he makes it onto an NFL roster and contributes eventually maybe not the primary back though do you guys remember Bo Scarborough yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't tell me he's comping him to Bo Scarborough no 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 I was no, just no. thinking I was oh. just thinking about him of Alabama backs that like didn't really that didn't out. pan out <laughs> Yeah, Bo's Man, there's a lot of hype to him. Oof. Yeah, Bo's but there's not that much hype guys. on Brian Robinson, so I think he's he's falling in some fantasy it's, drafts. It's and I like fair that. though. It's fair. Like he's not anything special. He's or not flashy. great. Yeah, no, he really is. He's, he's fine. Like he's I would high. say, I would say I had him at seven. So since I'm, I like right ham there. and cheese, I would say he's like a ungrilled grilled cheese. <laughs> like it hasn't been uh, cooked yet. <laughs> no grilled ham and cheese. That's a really good sandwich, though. With the butter mm. still cold on no, top of the mixing, butter. You're mixing no, you're saying, oh, you're mixing up with Bijan. All right, I'm the chef. What about okay. a panini? It's you're mixing a, up with Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is totally grilled. Bijan Mustard? Cut what? into triangles, <laughs> crust off, ready to serve. Yes. All right? Brian Robinson <laughs> is the grilled cheese 
we we said he was ham and yes. cheese, so we got to put the ham on the, the sandwich, grilled. Tyler. Okay. But he's pre-grilled, like you mentioned, with the butter still cold on top of the bread, not hitting the pan yet, just waiting there. Yeah. I, so he needs some time. He needs a little time to get he- so warmed like up. Buttered and we'll ham see and how cheese. he ends up. And, and maybe eventually he's something that we can swallow for fantasy. But right now he's a little bit of hesitant. He's he's he screams Seattle. Like if Pete Carroll's there, he's leave the like, food comps to me there. Okay. Pete Tyler. Carroll's is sitting there. He's like, oh, give me that hard me another Chris Carson. Yeah, give me another give me, one. Give me that Chris. It's Carson. like Pete Carroll's Viagra when he's seventy. Is like, oh, give That's me that running back. <laughs> Put his chewing on the give whole me a running time. back. I need everything, but just give me a running back. I'll be all right, baby. I'm drafting a running back today. <laughs> go, Pete, go. <laughs> he wakes up, throws three wads of gum in his mouth. Says, "I'm good." Oh God, he chews like a Alice. Can't stand watching him on the sideline. New sponsor, oh. Cialis. Pete Carroll. <laughs> all right, before we get to number nine, I did want to give a shout out to our last sponsor of the evening. It's Dynasty Nerds. Make sure to go to DynastyNerds.com, sign up for the Nerd Herd, and when you do that, you can use code DHH for a 15% off of any subscription that they have. It's a great website, Trade Tools, Extra Nerd Herd episode. They have a prospect film room, prospect scores, and Dynasty GM on there as well. Rich is awesome, great person, runs a great company. Love that dude. The Nerd Herd is great, great so guy. make sure to go to Dynasty Nerds today, code DHH, 15% off. So... Alfredo, we got two more to round out this top ten. So and let's go with number nine. Don't say my guy. Oh no! <laughs> if he doesn't go. say him, you know we each get to throw one in at the end. If 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 yeah, a wild card need to be talked about. We're, we're good on. I know time, he's going so to keep running. Well, don't worry. So right now at number nine, it's James Cook Yay! out of Georgia. Uh, I'm for- not happy though. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, I mean, I do. I love. I actually do really love I his profile. Okay, I like. Perfect. I like his athleticism. I love that he can run a four four. I love uh, w- what you see when he does make the explosive play. It's. It, it kind of seems like he's an all or nothing guy. It's either the super explosive play or like the first guy touches his shoelace and he's falling down. And that's kind of the thing with James Cook is I don't think that an NFL franchise is looking at that and saying let's invest an early pick on this guy that we can't typically use as as a, as a runner we're gonna have to use him as a passing guy and a guy like him is that's i see him being drafted fourth round maybe and so like for for me it's kind of interchangeable with all these guys if he if he goes earlier and it's a team that really needs a guy to get like some early down work but he's kind of got some of that like naeem hines to him and that doesn't mean he's gonna be bad for fantasy I just, when it comes to fantasy and dynasty, like I just don't want to be drafting players for what their their floor is. I kind of want to draft them for what their ceiling could be. And just from a scouting standpoint, there's just there's not enough boxes that he checks off for me in terms of the size and in terms of the contact balance, in terms of the versatility of what he can do. He's just he's a satellite back that you can kind of swing around the offense. I would love to see the Pats draft him in the draft. And they, James White is coming off a hip injury. They signed him to a one year deal for not a lot of money. But he would be great with a combination of either Damian Harris or Ramondre, and then a James Cook would uh, would get me excited for that landing spot, and then I could buy a Cook jersey too because I'm a Pats fan. So it would be great. I would love that. Uh, I just <laughs> think that would make a lot of sense because Brandon Bolden's gone. They don't have another pass catching back outside with of James Taylor. Boyd. I mean, JJ is okay. He's fine. Um, he's fine. But he's I a guy. Think he's a guy. He's just a guy. So uh, a guy. I think Cook would be sweet there. With with Cook, I thought he was going to weigh in actually less. So when he was close to Same. the 200. I like that. And I, and me personally having his brother in the NFL, I know that's going to be a huge narrative. I think it helps him in the fact of training, having kind of the inside knowledge of what to, what to expect. expect. Yeah. yeah. What to expect in the NFL, what you need to do to become something. I mean, James cook was a very high recruit as well as a, he's an all purpose back recruit. Uh, and he, he, he could have went to Florida state and really made Doug happy, but he didn't. He went to Georgia, <laughs> and he didn't get used as much because Georgia doesn't use their running backs like Because they've Kyles. got like five-star recruits yeah. all over the place. So in my opinion, I love the fact that he can do everything outside of the running back. He can catch passes. He's a great route runner for a running back, and I think in the NFL, he can start learning more of the, the knowledge to be a running back and say he gangs five, ten pounds. Damn it. There could be a ceiling. Uh, this is going to be really crazy. LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy. Damn it. <laughs> I hate you. You just killed my whole take. I, I, I have say Aaron to Jones. say. I'm looking like, at my screen, and I and I would share it, but there's a lot of information on here. LaShawn McCoy's ceiling is written 
on my guy. <laughs> and I right? actually did not read and, this. And, by I, the and way. I write this it and I says, time. needs to add some weight. 10 pounds would be great. You guys and actually agreeing I, on something. I mean, wow. Tyler, is, I want to give you a hug for the screen because very we weird. never agree on players, number one. Well, there's always some kind of disappointment, but you said it like I wrote it, so I'm gonna back off. Maybe you got to <laughs> hack into my notes, but uh, I did not, and this is actually wow, that was quite awesome, shocking. Dude. And Aaron I'm, Jones right is another you. great comp. Who, if it, despite the size, if he can get some touches, like Alfredo was saying in the early downs, I think he can thrive. He does need to work on contact balance. That's probably a big thing. But other than that, I think he can. There's a very high ceiling to James Cook, and in my opinion. If I'm going mid-second, I want to go for that high, the home run. I want to go for that high ceiling. And I I loved what I saw on tape from the pass-catching aspect where it, it, he just seems like he's gliding. It's effortlessly. I don't know if it's a family thing, but he just seems like it's effortlessly when he's running. They had around. one of those things that you slide back and forth on in the living room when they were kids. Like one yeah, of those, that's uh, all they did. With Wii with Wii Sports, man, that just kills me. The other guy I I thought he looked at like Kareem Hunt in his freshman year, in his rookie year in the NFL. He's small. He doesn't need to be. Remember when they had Spencer Ware and they had Spencer Ware running between the tackles, and then they took Kareem Hunt and they were like, "Here, just run around and catch the ball." James Cook can do that, and if he gets into the open field, he's going to be dangerous. So, So, do you guys want to know what I heard on Kareem Hunt? We brought him up a couple times. Did you know he went in as like a defensive line prospect? He was very yeah. heavy and he lost a bunch of weight. Really? He was so we, small. We might need a fact check on that. Yeah, so I don't know. I about swear that. it was like Daniel Jeremiah. I heard it on his podcast or somebody like that. Bring up the but stat. I want to see it. That can't in. be at like 5'10. Yeah, he's 5'10. He, what is he? Uh, he's like he's 220 two, now. Yeah, but he was like 210 when he joined the NFL. I just like I mean, James I Cook. Could, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sure, James it wasn't Cook's like lineman line. Robert Hunt that's an offensive lineman. <laughs> it you was mean, his brother Hunt. You mean Dolphins legend Robert Hunt? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Dolphins legend. Uh, but no, it, for me, James Cook is my four. He's right behind wow. Spiller, and it's all based on ceiling. Like, okay. I, I love the ceiling. I think he holds the highest ceiling. And if he doesn't pan that three down workload type back, in my opinion, he's safe. Because he's going to be a pass catching back, and that's what the NFL is doing these days. They're going to these pass catching backs. They're more valuable in, in dynasty as well, mm-hmm. and his longevity and career will will be a little longer as well. All right, so now we're at number ten to wrap us up, and then we'll we'll do a little uh, superlatives. Here. Well, not superlatives. We'll do a little extra on top of that. Um, but who's your number ten, Alfredo? All right, so this uh, took a little bit to kind of come up with it, and I left some names out. Like it's 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 not Kyron Williams. It's not That's Rashad fine. White, okay. Uh, who a lot of people really like. I, I like don't him. get why. I'm I just, <laughs> I just was not fond of either of those guys, and I just, I just don't like them as runners. So here's a name that you probably haven't heard a lot, and um, I, I did a video for football guys. I believe it was like one of my first or second videos with them, uh, where I talked about this player, Kennedy Brooks, the running back out of Oklahoma, uh, potentially being the next Elijah Mitchell, and his profile, man, like I, it's. I don't know if it happens to you guys, but there's so many times where like I'll turn on the tape on someone and within the first couple of plays, I go, I'm going to like this player. And it was Kennedy Brooks. And it was, it's not that he did anything flashy. It's that he's a really smart runner. He does this thing where he's, he knows he's not the fastest guy in the field. And so he actually kind of sucks his defenders into his blocks and he kind of leverages them into his, into his zone blocks. And he's going to be good for a zone run team. And that's why I kind of comped him to Elijah Mitchell, because he's that guy that I can totally see the Dolphins taking in the fifth or sixth round and becoming, you know, the starter over Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin and being relevant. Don't don't even get me started. But (laughs) uh, like, he's a dude that at Oklahoma, he had three years of over a thousand yards rushing. We're talking about a 12 touchdown season, a 13 touchdown season. Like he's kind of done it all. And he did this starting out from, uh, I mean, he, he redshirted his first year, but I mean, after that it was all systems go and he sat out because of COVID, but I mean, while he was there, I mean, he he kept a bunch of other players kind of off his back. Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Rodney Anderson, Trey Sermon, like guys that yes. all, you know, became highly touted NFL prospects or at least within the fantasy community. And they could not overtake him. And these were guys that we were talking about last year, Stevenson and Sermon as being, you know, highly regarded draft picks. And I mean, Kennedy Brooks was able to hold his own. So I really like his skill set. I think that 
when an NFL, t- he may not be sexy for fantasy and I get it. He's not like the overly fast guy. He's not super explosive, not a lot of long runs and he's not the best receiver, but an NFL team is going to look at him and really, really like what he brings uh, to the table. So if you liked Trey Sermon, I feel like you have to be forced to like Kennedy Brooks because he is the reason why Trey Sermon had to transfer because Kennedy Brooks, like you said, held him, held him pretty much held him out. And Stevenson came in. They Oklahoma likes Stevenson. They want to get him more playing time. And Sermon was kind of last man standing. But yeah, if, if you liked Sermon, then yeah, I feel like you're forced to. You have to like Kennedy Brooks. I'm not. I'm not on board with him. But if he does go to a team like you said that fits his running style, yeah, I'm all for it. And he was a very sought after Debbie guy. A lot of people really liked Kennedy Brooks. They they thought he was going to come in be like a second round type player. He came in, took over for Joe Mixon. People thought he was the the next thing, but uh, I don't know. He's he's fine. He's he's better than an uncooked grilled cheese, but he's has <laughs> <laughs> got a little warming up on the, they're not quite golden brown yet. I think that all yeah. these guys outside of the top 3 kind of become dart throws and their draft capital and landing spot is going to mean so much for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. All right, so who's a couple guys, Alfredo, that are right outside of your top 10 or maybe like a deep cut player that you really, really like uh, in this class? Okay, so, I mean, so the guys that were just outside of it, Pierre Strong, Tyler Beatty, um, and Ty Chandler out of North Carolina. Those were three guys that just kind of yeah. missed the cut for me. But one guy, you mentioned it, right? And it's kind of like everyone's always looking for that superlative of who's the next Elijah Mitchell or who's the next James Robinson. For me, the next James Robinson, James Robinson in this class could be Kevin Harris, the running back out of South Carolina. I had a and feeling you might say Kevin Harris. He's just one of those guys, man, that I think a lot of people have forgotten about simply because there wasn't a whole lot of production this year. And I mean, we saw uh, Zaquandre Wright go in and and uh, White, excuse me, go in and, and kind of you know be somewhat productive, and he looked good. But Kevin Harris, the year before. You turn on that film, and that's a guy who looked like he would have been one of the top three backs in this class. And at his size, 220 pounds, I really, really love the film. It's going to be a matter of how do the NFL teams view him? I, I know that he had the back surgery, but that was just to yeah. remove assist. Like that wasn't necessarily like a big scary thing. And talking to my, my co-host, uh, Dr. Vignesh Doroswamy for, for the pretend GM, he's like, yeah, there shouldn't be anything there that becomes a lingering issue. So he's one of those guys that might kind of just sneakily fall down NFL draft boards and sneakily fall down your, your dynasty rookie draft boards. But he's a dude that once he gets into training camp, I have a feeling that this is the guy that you were going to be hearing a lot about. Sleep alert right here. I, I love <laughs> I I that. that pick. Like he is That's a nice one. Phenomenal. Like his tape is great. He's he should be higher for a lot of people. Yeah. James, who you got for uh you know any notables here? Uh, I mean the notable off? was Pierre Strong. I, I really think Pierre that Strong, he, he's a little bit raw, <laughs> you know, coming out of San uh South Dakota State, played there with Trey Lance. I, I think he could be somebody that false. What? Trey Lance was North Dakota. North oh, Dakotas. He was North Dakota, not South South Dakota. Dakota. I mean, I thought they were still linked together. Don't be Weren't messing up your Dakotas. You mean Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard was South Dakota State. Oh, Jesus. You know, I always <laughs> get picked on here. No, you're I don't, I don't even want. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't I don't like the North, man. I'm a I'm a warmer <gasps> weather kind of guy. I live in New Jersey, South Jersey, by the way. South. South. So as long as it's I bet South. Alfredo would really get along with a lot of people in Jersey and New York. Well, Florida, Florida, <laughs> and I, I think actually it's the opposite because he probably deals with all the New Yorkers oh, and the big and the, the New Jerseyans that come down there in the snowbirds. <laughs> face the snowbirds. So like, if you're not watching, yeah, you need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe. No, That's go great. go away. Exactly. Get out, get out of. Florida. I love Florida. Please. Florida doesn't love me. Um, we mentioned, oh, we said Kyron Williams Ky- in passing. Ky- yeah. I, I, think, I think he's the last guy uh, on here that people can go out there and take a shot on late. He may turn out, may surprise some people. He has good pass catching skills. I know he was slow during the combine, picked up a little bit more speed in his pro day. Must have practiced getting off the line a little bit faster just for um, contract sake. Like he needs to make this happen for himself. Uh, but uh, I think that's it, man. I, I don't see too many other guys out here. Maybe Master yeah. Teague as a as a 
deep dark throat. Oh, that's a Debbie name. Yeah. Uh, Kyron for me, I'm an order Dame guy. I wasn't too hyped about him after the combine. And if he no, lands, you pooped on him, if he lands, if he lands in the fifth round, I think I'm fine with him in the third as a rookie pick. In my opinion, I think he's a six round pick kind of the Eno Benjamin range. And I do think he'll be supplanted into a pass catching role if he can make it into the NFL. I mean, as long as he makes it to special teams, I, I think he can transfer eventually to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I've got a deep, deep cut for you. If you're looking for a hyper-athletic running back that not many people know about, he probably won't get drafted in your rookie drafts. What about Julius Chestnut out of Sacred Heart? Let's go. That's a deep cut. You're probably looking at me like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, no, I don't know. Who I know is. who your guy is, though. Just say your real guy that you like. His, his guy was Isaiah Pacheco, wasn't it? I do yeah. like Ingram. Keontae I do Ingram. Like, I do like, I mean, if you like Brian Robinson, like Keontae Ingram seems like fairly similar to me. Um, I, yeah, he's going to be one of, I don't know if he's going to get, he'll probably get drafted in the six or seven. <laughs> if you want a ham and cheese sandwich without the cheese. <laughs> without <laughs> the ham. And no ham. Just if you just want bread, no just want Keontae bread Ingram sandwich. out of USC. You want a little air in that sandwich? Well, <laughs> it's he's a your guy. bread that was open a little bit, but you know what? It's, it's got there. the blue, the blue rimmed bread. Bread. I don't know what that is. But yeah, well, so it's uh, mold. It's mold. <laughs> nice. So yeah, Julius Chestnut is a name to remember. Just put it up. Is that Joey Chestnut's brother? He eats a lot of hot dogs real fast, <laughs> especially over like, July Fourth. Sounds weekend. like he squirrels kind of, around too much. It's kind Joey, of his Joey Chestnut. So a yay. Well, that is going to wrap up our running back talk for this week. Thank you, Alfredo, for joining us. Uh, I'm going to give you the stage. Speak highly about yourself. You can use third person if you'd like. Um, it's time to pump yourself up in the most, you know, crazy way possible. So take it away, Alfredo, not Italian Brown. All right. So I won't go third person here, but, uh, for the pretend GM that that's my podcast, we actually have our tier two of the wide receiver rankings, uh, dropping tomorrow. Uh, this has been going through the wide receivers. I think that's the real gold in this draft. And I think that's where a lot of dynasty players are going to be looking in their rookie draft. So we normally, our show is like 20, 25 minutes. We spent 45 minutes in the last episode and 40 on this one. So we're nice. like doubling our time, putting in a lot into these wide receivers, um, I'm really excited to drop that. Uh, Dr. Vig and I, we kind of go into everything from my scouting reports on the guys to what he sees. If there's a medical thing that we need to talk about. Um, so that's really cool, man. I'm just, I'm excited for the NFL draft to finally happen. I've kind of forgotten that there's actually other players in the NFL that are not rookies. And I was asked to put my rankings together and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot that there's like dudes on teams. My bad. <laughs> Who's this Camara guy? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So, yeah. So uh, for James, for Tyler, once again, thank you, Alfredo, for joining us. Thank you to all our great sponsors. We appreciate you. If you're listening, make sure you go on iTunes. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. It helps us get bumped up the Dynasty charts, and we would highly appreciate that. And again, we're here every nine, uh, every Sunday at 9 p.m. on YouTube. So like and subscribe to the channel. Just search for DHH on YouTube. And you can watch our semi-beautiful faces and listen at the same time instead of listening to it the next day in your car or doing dishes or whatever you might be doing. Bottom line is, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week on the Dynasty Happy Hour.